0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Stravacraft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Stravacraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us, as has become our weekly custom, is the voice of the Colorado Rockies on AT&T Sportsnet. And, of course, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman.
1: You're now going into, uh, yeah, announcer mode. I, like, uh, who's your, who, I I never asked you this because I kid you about this before. When... Um, you know, going back, Reed Reed Saunders has been doing it for a number of years, and you know, Alan Roach, obviously prior to that. Uh, which was your favorite, fellas? Um, you know, leading you know, Dante, Bichette, oh. Larry, you know, who who was it? Yeah. Oh,
0: I mean, this that's so hard. Um, Alan Roach is such a classic. Classic. I heard it it's seared into my. Mine. You could hear it coming through. I can remember as a kid hearing it coming through the radio or the TV when we weren't even watching. Right? You've got your back to the game, and you would hear that
1: Dante. Um, that was pretty. That's pretty good one.
2: That's all right. No, uh, you, you did a good job. But that I, I agree with you. It's classic. Do you have one, Patrick? Well, again, growing up on the East Coast, Bob Shepard was the guy at Yankee Stadium. The best. And number two, Derek Jeter. The best. The best. The He's best. the greatest of all time. Yeah. The best was even walking around outside the stadium, and he would do the, the announcements of like what you could bring in the stadium. And there was always one trigger word that was hilarious how he would say the word bottle. No cans or bottles. He didn't he didn't say the T just bottle. And just okay, Bob, you're the best. Love it. He wasn't he a professor
1: at Columbia, if I remember right. I, I believe he was a professor at Columbia. And I remember Oh man, I was doing a game at Yankee Stadium. And and Bob was in this were you ever in the press box at the old Yankee Stadium? No, nope, just the new one. Um and, and maybe it was the new, I can't remember, but you know obviously he's passed away, but he was in this like little plexiglass and it was like perfect for COVID now. I mean, that was his little space and and you know, he he did it, I believe, probably well into his 80s. And at one point, I mean, the, the you know, he was an older man. And at one point, you, you I looked over there and I realized he hadn't introduced anybody in a hitter or two. He had fallen asleep for a second. He'd fallen asleep. But I also think the greatest thing <laughs> ever, the greatest tribute to both Bob Shepard and, and give – Derek Jeter enormous credit is that even after Bob Shepard was gone, that you know everybody else got introduced by whoever the hell the PA guy was, but Derek Jeter, it was the Bob Shepard recording, and I mean it kind of gives you. I'm not a you know me. You got we've talked about this, fellas. I'm not a Yankee guy, right? My dad grew up three blocks away from there. Was was went to the Polo Grounds, uh, but uh, that you know. That made you stop when you heard Bob Shepard's voice. Now, I remember when he used to do um, – I'm a huge New York Giant football fan. Giants
2: games, yeah.
1: yeah right? And, and I know you are as well, Patrick. Right? Am I right? Aren't you a Not so much. No, are no. You know? I, yeah.
2: Well, oh, Broncos. Okay.
1: <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're Listen, I don't see the Broncos do well unless they match up with the oh, Giants. And then, I, you know, my my hometown allegiance come out. So, anyhow, um, it would be uh, – especially back in the heyday, you know, tackled by Cawson and Taylor,
2: you
1: know, and and just like when you were at the game, kind of gave you chills. Pretty cool. Oh
2: yeah. And and announcers don't really sound like that anymore either. It's why for anyone who doesn't know, to give you an idea, his nickname was the voice of God. Like, I mean, how, how, does that not sum it up right there?
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a couple guys I've heard that phrase utilized for certainly Mm -hmm. as you said, Bob Mm Shepard and the other, Um, and I don't want to pull the old, I'm older than you card because I wish I was younger than y'all, but, um, that's the, that sounds from the Southern part of, uh, that's, that's coming out Southern part of New York state. Um, anyhow, do you, um, do you remember John Facenda who was, who was the original voice of NFL films?
2: Yes. uh oh, I, I
1: know sure. that name, Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, like, hundred of lambo Field. I, I wouldn't have known that name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Similar
2: cadence, kind of similar cadence, but yeah, John, John. Oh. Conley,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's why I always say when when you look at your you know favorite announcers or or, or people that you know call games, um, a lot of times I think I think the three of us talked about this with Scully the three of us could be given, let's say Ben, you know, whatever if somebody typed out what he said, a stenographer said it in a half inning and you or me or drew, we, whatever, we read it verbatim, practiced it, right? There's no way that it's ever going to sound like Ben. So it's not just the verbiage and he had a beautiful command of the language still does. Um, but it, it was the voice, right? John Facenda's voice, Bob Shepard's voice as public address folks. And, and I even think, um, you know, you can, you can point to other announcers that you gravitate to in whatever sport, and a lot of it, it has to do with the voice, it really does.
0: Patrick and I, uh, you, you've mentioned before you're not a big pro wrestling guy, but I feel like we would be remiss, and Patrick already knows where I'm going with this, to not mention Howard Finkel. One of the great voices in the history of, of ring announcing. Like, yeah, okay, pro wrestling. It's not real sports. Fine, fine, fine. He's
2: not but, Michael Buffer, but
0: uh, he's he's in there. I he know,
2: should be counted. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh,
0: let's get ready to rumble is certainly an all-timer. But that Howard Finkel of, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania. It's just, is, there's, uh, there's something about Finkel, man. He was great. Did it for like 30 years, too. Yeah, Madison they're, Square they're, Garden.
1: there's oh, yeah. there's guys with this. And it's not always like the deepest voice. Well, it sometimes it's a unique voice, that, but it has to be easy on the ears. Um, so uh, you know, when you when you think of uh, of guys through the years, a lot of times it's just it's kind of the quality of the voice, and it can be soothing. It can be distinctive, but for whatever reason, yeah.
2: I wonder if a guy like Howard Cosell could be successful today i mean he had he he there was a there was a, a certain it was more of his cadence that maybe i don't know it, it, it is is uh hard to kind of pin down in a sense in, in today's day and age but you know we bob shepard um again john facend like all these guys are legends and and for so when i was a kid and so i'm gonna I'll age myself a little bit i remember when he passed away and just knowing this guy is, is legendary in my local newspaper i clipped out like his obituary because it was like whoa this is, this is Howard Cosell. This is the guy. And I, I saved it for so long, but I wonder if, if, uh, you know, Howard Cosell could make it in in 2021. I don't know. Maybe it's too much personality.
1: Yeah. That's a great question. Um, because he had the platform that really doesn't exist now in that when Monday night football came on, everybody watched because there was a handful of channels, Um, Back then, there wasn't, you know, the advent of cable was in its infancy, um, certainly didn't have what you have now, hundreds and hundreds of channels and digital and all kinds of distractions and places to get your entertainment. So people watched and he was distinctive and there weren't many people who watched who loathed him just to hear what he may say that got under their skin each week. There were people who watched who weren't even football fans because they wanted to hear Howard Cosell. I had the opportunity, I met him a couple times. He lived in my hometown. Um, and uh, I remember my dad telling me one time, as my dad was politically active and and uh, he, he had an opportunity to visit with Howard. And you know, so Howard took like an hour to express his exact and well thought out opinions on whatever the heck the topic was. And you just sat, you know, basically and listened to him. You know, he was a, he was an attorney by trade, um, very, by the word, right? very ethnocentric, which I think also would, I would wonder how that would play to your point, Patrick nationally now, because he was in I mean, listen, he was New York through and through. So That's that's an interesting one One other voice like who has a different kind of voice, but is one of the all time great announcers and and for me, the greatest uh, hockey announcer, Mike Emmerich, you know, great command of the language, very creative in how he described play and hockey in particular. Um, But, uh, you know, his, his voice was distinct.
0: But well, we uh, we toast our Breck brews and our Strava Craft coffees. And if you've got your seltzers out there, toast those as well uh, to some of these great voices in history. And you can get a bigger Breck brew, by the way, when you come down to the DNVR bar, when you become a member of the family, subscribe at the DNVR.com. Get that bigger Breck brew. You get discounts on hats and shirts and uh, masks, even though it seems like we may not have to be wearing those masks for too much longer. Still get vaccinated, wear your mask, social distance till they tell us not to, but still All that stuff's great. You become a member of the family and get all those things. You get a shirt down at the DNVR locker when you sign up for the annual subscription and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out. H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And after you've gotten your free holistic stick from them, you can use the promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off any of your purchases there. And while I've got everyone's ear, can also remember to make, uh, get a better insurance, not make a better insurance. That would be the wrong, that, that'll get you to the wrong place because it's not Mabby, it's Gabby. Our friends at Gabby, get a better insurance. Go to G-A-B-I slash D-N-V-R to make sure that you're not paying too much on your home or car insurance. I was, you probably are Saved me 480 bucks for the year. Saved our guy Eric Weedham over a grand. It costs you nothing. There's no phone calls or emails or text messages. No irritating anything. No fees. Nothing. You just go. Takes you 10 minutes or less. They give you a, a whole list of different uh, insurance providers that can get save you money. And then you just pick the one you like. Boom. You save money. Done. And. Done. Check them out today at GABI.com slash D-N-V-R and see why customers are so happy nationally on average having saved $961 a year. You got to check them out. You're you're just you're losing money if you don't.
1: Speaking of distinctive announcers, this is a former head football coach who's one of the, I think for most people, one of the greatest analysts in the history of the NFL, John Madden. And the reason I was reminded of John Madden is, Patrick, did you notice that Creaseman dropped in a boom? And oh. They, did not. Right in the middle of his eloquent spot there. He dropped in a boom. I did. And did. John Madden would go. And boom. They boom. picked 12 yards. It's a
2: first down for the Raiders. <laughs> And then I've got subconscious
0: Madden,
2: <laughs> and of course Emerald, and that would go from football to like you know chefs like Emerald Lagasse. He's like, I got to say, bang! That became his thing. And yeah. there's another, there's another aged reference there.
0: Since we're there, my mom will be mad if I don't bring up Gargiola. Joe so, Greg- Gargiola.
1: I used to like Joe Gargiola on the Today Show. Yeah. Everybody liked Joe Graziola. Yeah. How about he and Yogi grew up across the street from one another on the hill in St. Louis? That's wild, man. That is wild. Baseball's okay. a, a wild game. Well,
0: since we're talking baseball history and, and wildness, and how about a wild career? And we, we all hope as human beings it's not totally over. We all knew it was winding down, but the news coming today uh, that the Angels are, are parting ways with Albert Pujols and truly Goody just. One of the greats of all time, certainly one of the greats of, of our time, Patrick and I's time, well, you know, growing up watching baseball, there just wasn't a better hitter in the game for a decade?
1: Um, well, his first 10 years, like, that would be a decade, right? So, um, yeah. St. Louis, yeah. and you can look it up as the line goes. For me, one of the two or three, you know, four greatest right-handed hitters of all time. And the that ten year run in st. Louis almost without parallel. and yes, the the, the next nine and a half or nine and a and I guess it'll be less than a quarter with the angels uh, you know battled injuries and and was not the same. however, the totality of what he accomplished as a hitter ridiculous and I and I would think that um, the if the angels didn't feel like they can finally get back to the postseason this year they're going to keep him on the roster and and you know and and do him right because he's a legendary figure he's not just a hall of famer you know there's different tiers i know you guys have talked about this there's different tiers within the within the hall of fame are guys who are hall of famers and they're all great right and then there are guys like Willie Mays, who turned 90 today and is the oldest living member of the Hall of Fame. The penthouse of Hall of Famers, Willie's up there. And you know what? Albert will get admittance. He'll get the special code to get into that penthouse yeah. uh, as well.
2: I think people almost forget that. You know, the stuff, a lot of the things that Mike Trout is doing, you know, Pujols was was right there too. You know, three MVPs in those first 10 years, as you, uh, you said, that first decade with. With the Cardinals, uh, four runner-up uh, performances, you know, several Gold Gloves, Silver <laughs> Slugger, Rookie of the Year.
0: It's almost more wild than winning the MVPs. just kind of coming in second, though. It's is, is like the times he wasn't winning, he yeah. was coming in second.
1: <laughs> it was it was a joke. He's a ninety nine point four WAR guy. He has thirty two hundred and fifty three hits as we speak. Six hundred and sixty seven home runs. His career at batting average is kind of sad. You know, when a guy hangs on a long time. Um, you know it slipped under 300 it's two ninety eight. this was ever speed guy who would hit and he was hitting 330 so Mm -hmm. remarkable career but I was starting to say if the Angels didn't feel like they were in it you keep them on the roster all year I mean if they're an afterthought and they're just you know getting through the season you play them every third day and and you kind of you you do them right but the Angels I guess need his roster spot to try to you know, get a player that they feel is going to help them in their pursuit of getting back to the postseason.
2: And you know why they might need a roster spot? Shohei Otani. Now, granted, we know he's been able to kind of pull it off, you know, playing the – he finally was able to even play in the field. But he's DHing, he's pitching, and he's doing a little bit of everything. But at the same time, you maybe are short that extra fielder in the outfielder. You maybe are short that extra arm because you need a long reliever. So it's just kind of interesting how as one career takes off, another one – comes to an end and man what a career for Pujols
1: um, yeah I just, I'm trying to look at some other stuff on it's just remarkable how you know how great a great player he,
2: are you um, a fan of uh, Jaws have you ever looked in that Jay Jaffe's system for ranking Hall of I, Famers I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of it I mean I certainly sure. aware of it um, you know looked at it uh, yeah he's he's second behind uh, Gehrig as far as greatest first baseman so I mean that's Again, that's, that's pretty much rarefied air there. If you think about all the great first basemen we've had, even even particularly in the last couple of decades, he's right there. Who's third? Well, and the other
1: thing Double is, he,
2: he, arrived, he arrived and
1: was not good. He was great pretty much from day one. I, I want to say his first big league hit came against the Rockies. Don't quote me on that, but I think – it did.
0: And and I feel like it's been far enough removed. I feel like during that decade, we talked a lot about it. And like you said, Goody, maybe over the last nine years, he was not a number – he wasn't a 1-1 draft pick guy. He wasn't a top prospect.
1: Juco. And
2: he was, came at a junior college. Yeah. He Ma- was
1: Maplewood's junior college in Kansas City, suburban Kansas City, and he was um, a 13th-round pick. 13th round. I couldn't remember it. worked rookie year – two years, by the way, after he left the Juco. So, I mean, he got there pretty quick. His his freshman year in the big leagues, he hit 37 homers, drove in 130, and he had 47 doubles. Now, this is the thing that is one of the many things. I shouldn't say the thing that separates. (laughs) The many things that separate him in counting numbers, right? How many times do you think he punched out 100 times in a season?
2: Oh, wow. You, You would think it would be, yeah, maybe close to 10. Right, You would think for, for, for a, typical a normal first power tonight. hitter, right? Yeah, so one that's successful. Yeah.
1: Zero? You had three. Did I miscount? No, zero. Oh,
2: none. That's right. I'm looking at his walks. Yeah.
1: Zero. Wow. He never struck out 100 none. times in a year. And most of those great wow. years in um, in St. Louis, 52, 65, 50, 58, 54, 64. you kidding me? Man. And he's hitting – Listen to this, Ron. I'm, I mean, I don't know if this makes for a good podcast, but whatever. Uh, 349, 314, 359, 331, 330, 331, 327, 357, 327. It
2: just. 30 home runs, 100 RBI with all of that. Too.
1: Every year. Every year. Every year. His ribbies, the first 10 years, The his oh, he must have been hurt. Yep. Yeah. He, uh, da, 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 he played 147 games, so he missed a few more than normal, and he drove in 99 in his last year in St. Louis. That was the first time he didn't drive in 100 in his career. First year with the Angels, 105. Third year, 105. He, he actually had 400 year years in, uh, After. in yeah. Anaheim. You know what's fascinating, though, guys? After he left St. Louis, his last year in St. Louis – he hit 299. He never hit 300 again. Oh, wow. Mm. The body, you wow. remember, and there were always whispers because, you know, the, back in the day, sometimes the kids from Latin America, and even in the United States, I shouldn't just say Latin America, their birth certificate wasn't necessarily accurate. Um, you know, Je- Jeff Houston's told this story publicly, so I'm not speaking out of school here. Jeff was an undrafted free agent signee out of the University of Wyoming. Um, he, he signed for $1,500 um, at the NBC tournament. a tournament I, I played in years ago in, in Wichita. And, and he was playing for Beatrice, uh, their team out of Beatrice, Nebraska. And a uh, scout came up to him with the Expos and said, hey, would you like to play pro ball? And he's like, yeah, of course, right? And he said, well, we'll give you 1500 bucks in the invitation to spring training next year. And he said, all right, I need a couple of particulars. And, you know, he obviously signed the deal. And, and um, he said, how old are you? What's your birthday? And Huey gave him his birthday and it was 1962. And he said, you know what? He goes, you need to be a little younger. We're going to make that 1964. So Jeff, on, on the back of all his baseball cards, it says that he was born in, um, in 1964 And when he had to file, you know, he had a 12 year big league career when he had to file his retirement papers with the union. He he told the woman who was in charge of that he said, oh, by the way, listen, um, you know, for. Pension purposes he goes I, i'm i was actually born it says i was born in 64 but i was actually born in 1962 because you know now he wants to make sure it matches and there isn't any problems down the road right. she and she laughed and she said do you know how many times i've heard that story uh-huh. <laughs> or, you know, it's really, it's commonplace you know they make guys younger and that was always the rumor about pool holds. right there's no way he could just be well he's he's listed now at 41 he's actually probably a couple years older who who knows but the body did start to break down once he had left st louis
2: so if this is his final year at age 41 maybe it's his final year at age 45 we don't know (laughs) a little more understandable they let him go and by the way jeff houston's baseball reference page still says 1964
0: (laughs) that's absolutely fantastic i have one bone to pick though with one of the greatest of all time he stole a couple of gold gloves from Todd Helton. I'll never, I'll never get over that. There was, yeah. it was during that that string of time where you were definitely winning gold gloves for being a great offensive player who yeah. could also play capable defense and grabbing headlines and stuff, but there was no point during that stretch. And I think Pools got three gold gloves. There was no point during that time where he was actually a better defensive first baseman than Todd. Yeah. Helton. He was, he was very good for a minute there, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only negative thing I could, I had to really stretch to think of a negative thing I could say about him. Cause he's truly one of the, the game's greats. And by all accounts, one of the, the warmest people I've, I've told the story a bunch of times, only met him the one time, but just seemed like such a great, humble, big, joyous man.
1: Yeah. He, I, I saw him the last time I saw him to keep in mind, you'd see him for us. Um, I would see him my first year with the Rockies was oh, actually doing the games, not just doing pregame and postgame was, uh, was Oh two. So he was a, he was a second year player and you know, you develop that. That's one of the things I miss right now and j- doing my job properly and conveying stories and anecdotes to people at home every evening is, is the time you guys know this because we're all out there at the same time every day is, is being around the players, being around the batting cage and developing relationships. And, And, um, I was able to develop, you know, a a decent relationship with him. And, uh, the last time I saw him was a couple of years ago when the Rockies were playing the angels naturally. And, you know, it's not like he knows you by name, but he knows who you are and what you do. And not just, Hey man, how you doing? Fist bump or a handshake comes over and gives me, and, and this, he had done this on a few different occasions, gives me a big hug. And he's like, you know, how you doing? How you been? And, you know, truly, um, a very warm guy. Um, so yes, I would second what you said, Drew, about about Pujols. And uh, you know, in my lifetime, or at least let me let me state say this: it, it, in my years covering baseball, the greatest right-handed hitters off the top of my head, Pujols would be number one. Um, uh, the next guy, like so many players now, somewhat controversial, but Manny Ramirez.
2: Yeah. Is,
1: yeah. is right up there. Yeah. I mean.
2: You can't forget about him. Yeah.
0: Miguel <laughs> yeah, that, Cabrera. That is, yeah.
1: Who's that? Who's that? On?
0: Miggy. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Listen, you know, because he's still playing. And, you know, yes, he's – I don't know if he's walking up the 17th fairway or the 18th fairway. He's walking up some, something on the back nine. He's deep into his round, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yes, when you start looking at his numbers – somewhat similar guys to Pujols in that he hit for average and he hit for power and he wasn't a speed guy. You know, he's not getting leg hits. Right.
0: None yep. of those Topia hits for those guys.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. And it, I, I can remember uh, my first year kind of on the beat in, in 2018, the Rockies had a, a minor league guy, Sean O'Malley, that I, I talked with a little bit in, in Albuquerque. And he, he kind of mentioned a, a story like, you know, he made his debut with the Angels and you know, and and just shared a little bit about you know Pujols kind of going out of his way to to really celebrate him and and welcome him to the ball club. Just this kid who you know wasn't even a huge prospect. Just look, I made my debut, and and Pujols, the guy, the leader in the clubhouse, you know, kind of really made me feel appreciated and, and welcomed. And that that tells you what kind of guy he is.
1: I'll, this is where I really wish, and, and it'd be fascinating to see how it plays out because, like the Angels, the Cardinals. Um, naturally who the Rockies will will start playing tomorrow on the weekend, which is a whole nother topic I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. But um, if there was a DH in the National League, which we all know will be instituted again when they get, hopefully, the CBA done in an orderly fashion. Uh, But wouldn't it be great to see Albert play the last few months in in a Cardinals uniform where it began? Because he needs to play somewhere. And somebody – somebody is is going to is gonna take him in, but it can't be a national league team, right? So where does he maybe hey you know what? But Kansas City's playing great baseball. I mean is it Kansas City? Because it's it is
2: Missouri. Kansas City, as we talked about, is where he went to junior college. There we go. Right? Well, like we, that. we saw Matt Holiday do it late in his career for a short amount of time. We know Clemens did it for numerous years, and we don't have to say why. But was <laughs> able to kind of say, "Look, if we shorten the season a little bit, and I can really go all in." So you know, what if if he decides to step away a little bit, uh, you know, maybe he's able to recuperate uh, somewhat on his health and and give a good you know final push Locked for,
0: stretch for six
2: eight weeks, you know, to to help a team down down the stretch. I know rosters don't really. Are going, aren't going are going to expand out uh, like, like they have in the past, but there's that hope, right. That he can go Find out on, somewhat on top, so to speak. Yeah. I, I, write I, his own ending.
1: I, I think everybody in, in the sport would love it not to be Yep, His career ended when he was DFA'd on May the 6th, 2021. You'd like to say, you know what? He played his final few months, Kansas City, hit a few home runs, tap, doffed his cap and, um, you know, like we mentioned with Willie Mays. Uh, one of the thrills of uh, when I was a kid was you know, the last couple of years of Willie Mays's historic career was back in New York, you know, with the Mets. and 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 it worked. You know, his last hit, I was reading some pieces about him today, turning ninety. His last hit was game two. Of the World Series that year, 73, between the Mets and the A's, which eventually would go seven games, and and much to my disappointment, went to the A's in seven games. But in Game 2, 6-6 game in the 12th inning, Willie Mays came up and uh, and had a single to center to drive in the go-ahead run. The Mets would go on to win. Uh, They scored a few more times, so they won comfortably in 12 against... Um, you know, against the uh, A's. And that turned out to be his last major league hit.
2: Mets always seem to win those game sixes, don't they? <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that was game, oh. game six. I meant game two. I think it was early. It was earlier yeah. in the series. But uh, so, yeah, game, game yeah. Yeah, I wish they would won that game seven. Though. Yeah.
2: And, and you were right. Pujols' first hit did come not only against the Rockies, but in Colorado. How about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. isn't that cool?
0: That's fantastic, yeah. I yeah. Didn't, I hadn't remembered that. Yeah. So, Speaking of games being played here in Colorado, let's do get out onto the field. Rocky's on a little bit of a roll. I guess we'll talk about that series and what just happened there. Uh, we do have to remind everybody that one of the best ways to watch sports is to do so along with your DraftKings Sportsbook app and get a little extra skin in the game helps make it more fun you can follow along whether you're betting before the game just on certain kinds of outcomes like the over under on number of runs scored or who's going to win or what the strikeouts going to be maybe you're picking guys to hit a home run or remember that you can follow along during games and start betting on like individual outcomes of at bats which can be a lot of fun Bet on all kinds of different sports nba and hockey still going on that stuff is uh Absolutely heating up here in our local market, and for those of you that got in early on your Nikola Jokic MVP votes, uh, votes bets, you're going to be making some dollar dollar bills, y'all. So, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, make sure you hop on there if you haven't yet. Still a good time to do it, especially for those of you that are fight fans right now. If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code DNVR, they will turn $1 into $55 on this weekend's main event. All you got to do is pick the winner of the fight. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook going all out for the new users by giving them a chance to win $55 and placing a bet of just $1 on this weekend's big fight only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
2: And for that big fight, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, no surprise, it will be Canelo Alvarez over Billy Joe Saunders. But it's how it's gonna be done because if you just take the win, it's not gonna pay out so much. So uh, take the KO, TKO, or disqualification at minus 110. And if you if you really want a big payout, you can throw a couple bucks on him doing it in the eighth round. You win a thousand bucks there. So that's plus one thousand. Again, he's fighting Billy Joe Saunders. Now, if you hear that name, Billy Joe Saunders—that's
0: the lead singer of Green Day, right?
2: That's probably going to be one of your first thoughts, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. You could go as a backup quarterback in the late '80s for the New Orleans Saints, Billy Joe A. Bear. If you remember, if you recall him, actually, more, it was more early '90s. Billy Joe A. Bear later played with right. the Falcons, and then Saunders. I don't know. He's British. I, I was a little blown away. He's thirty and 0 but. Billy Joe, wasn't it Bobby Abear? It was, yes. Bobby Abear. Bobby Joe. You called me on that it one. Oh, what am I thinking of. Not Billy Joe Robado, not him.
1: I remember Billy Joe Robado.
2: Maybe, maybe I, I'm I'm yeah. mixing those names up. There had to have been a QB named Billy Joe. Power rank all time Billy Joe's. Bobby Abear was, was good. Billy Joe
1: Dupree, right? Is that um is it is it was
2: Billy Joe Dupree?
1: The tight end for the Cowboys.
2: Hmm. I got
1: nothing. Or am I mixing that? Out? I was Dupree. I'm sure to well.
2: I only go back to Jason Witten. I,
0: I don't go yeah. back
1: that far.
2: <laughs> so the
0: Colorado Rockies. Actually,
2: <laughs> Good transition. Uh, Good transition. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks,
0: man. Uh, what a – goody, wow. What a wild set uh, with the Giants. We talked about it on the series wrap yesterday with Michaela. But when the other team comes into your house and scores 10 runs in the first inning of a doubleheader, you oh. know – and then you're into the last half inning of that doubleheader down four. You're you you're thinking, man, these guys don't even look like they belong on the same field as the Giants. And then, boom, win the series. Baseball's a funny game, isn't it? Baseball's a
1: funny game. By the way, it was Bill and Joe Dupree. I remember it correctly. Yeah, um, right. You know, somewhere in that first game, first inning, you wanted as an announcer to go Harry Carey and, and reach for a cold beverage. Because that was sobering,
0: <laughs> too sobering. <laughs>
1: I mean, you're down ten nothing. You've been out in the field for a half hour. You're like, no mas, right? No. So the game, the game's over before you hit the bat rack. And then in game
2: two, it starts out. Remember, it's two nothing in game in the first inning in game two, right? They scored in the first first game on Wednesday as well. I think it was 2, two nothing, right?
1: Yeah, well, in sec- it was the second inning on Wednesday. John Gray struck out the side in the first, and then the second inning Crawford uh, naturally uh, hit a home run. So they were down. Here's a guarantee when the Giants play the Rockies. <laughs> Either Crawford, Belt, or Posey, or two of the three, or maybe even three of the three, are going to hit a home run against yeah. the Rockies every game. Yeah. Not every other game, every game. Right. Yeah? So um, – Anyhow, it's two knots. inning. we get to to your point where you get to the ninth inning or seventh inning, and it's six to two, and we know what happened. The Rockies, with two outs, they rally, and then and then Charlie on a three two pitch against Oval hits it, you know, deep into the night, and you're like, um, holy bleep. They just won this game. Their their game. We've all seen it, right? Especially at at, at Coors Field, where you know there's that really nice comeback and the walk off in the ninth inning. And they're always fun, man. Yeah. They're always they're always entertaining. But this one really came out of as I, I think I said this on the air, proverbial left field. In that they had nothing going, like 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 Drew was saying, man, it, it was like the varsity playing the freshman for, for most of that night. And, and then, bing, bang, bing, boom, boom, boom. The Rockies won. What? <laughs> How'd that happen? And, and you know what? And good for them, they went out and played the, you know, John Gray pitched a good ball game Wednesday, and they end up taking two out of three. from. That's why we love baseball, right? They take two out of three from the Giants, who are in first place in the National League West. They're playing really well. And if I told you, as we embarked on the bottom of the ninth inning in game two, Rockies are going to win fellas. And they're also going to win the series. They go, Hey, listen, I have a friend. He's a therapist. He can help you out. You know, there's medication you can take for whatever affects you. Right. Right. You got some issues right now.
0: Right. Even when Charlie Blackman was standing at the plate and there, it, it was one of, it really was one of those moments in life where you go, well, This goes one of two ways. Charlie's having a rough year and we all know he's a better ball player than this, but as we talked about with Albert Pools, you know, father time undefeated and and we're all sitting there wondering, is it catching up with him? Is it not? He's had such a rough year. The comeback wasn't complete. All of this wildness has happened to get the Rockies to be down one. Chuck rolls one over to the second baseman there. His nightmare of a season continues. The Rockies lose that game. They, the, the the deflation of it would have been so in the other direction. But to see this veteran player who we know can be very serious, fellas, and, and when he needs to be, the joy on his face after hitting that walk-off home run-like one of the best things I think we're going to see from this season from the Rockies-just that moment for him.
1: Yeah. And it, and it led him, guys, to a, you know, he had a really nice ball game on Wednesday, two for yeah. four. He drove in a couple of runs and, it, it it was also like you said it was unlikely. I mean, I, I said in my podcast this week, and, and and John Gray, who pitched well on Wednesday, is our guest this week. And um, Charlie was would be normally a likely source to have a walk off homer, right? Most tenured guy, he's had a great career. Um, he's always like like so many good hitters hit exceptionally well at Coors Field. He has a slow heartbeat. All the things that would suggest, okay, if somebody's to do it, Charlie would be a hell of a candidate. But to what Kreisman was talking about, he he was 0 for 7 in the doubleheader. The advanced metrics suggest his his expected batting average should be much better than what it was. But listen, he's hitting well. Listen, Mario Mendoza's going, how's it feeling down there? <laughs> I, I mean, he was well below 200. Yeah. You know, entering play that day when he comes to the plate, and it's why. Again, I I did a long thing on this on the on the podcast. It's it's why we love sports. If you if you think about it, you know, Patrick, who was your team growing up in in football? The Atlanta Falcons. All right, you're a mess. So. Yes. Yeah. No, well, you're not no, wrong. You're you're wrong. Not wrong. I don't know how Jersey kids following the Falcons, but listen. Dion. Drew, who is your team? The, Bron- I mean, the Broncos. I, yeah, the, the John L.A. Denver Broncos. That John was crazy was it for me. me. The thing is, is we all know, even though the Broncos have had so many great seasons, the last several notwithstanding, yeah. it's hard to win. It's hard to be the last one standing. So if your joy – in the team you follow only can come with a parade, you're going to have a lot of disappointing years. Look at look, the Nugget fans, right? I did the Nuggets for 10 years. They've never even been to the, the finals. Right? But if they have a dramatic win on a night in January or your favorite baseball team, even though they're decidedly under 500 and, and very mediocre as we know right now, They have a dramatic walk-off win and an improbable one when they're down four runs. You get out of your chair. Even though we all know at the end of the year it's probably not going to result in a parade, it's still why we love sports, why we gravitate to sports.
2: It's as you described on the podcast, it's a moment. It's one of those moments that, yes, the Rockies aren't going to win the World Series this year, but it's going to be a moment you're not going to forget and you're going to be able to call back on years later and it, it it's it's a major major highlight yeah for this organization right now
1: yeah and and and, and like patrick's saying it's um you know i don't know if we, we're not going to put it in the pantheon of of helton's <laughs> right against Sido or even my buddy spilly our home run at the grand slam because we know what it led to um but this one was pretty memorable remember that cold night and in early may when the rockies weren't very good and the giants are rolling and they're down six to two and chuck hasn't been very good and then boom yeah you
2: remember stuff like that and and you know look at the giants right now again first place best team in the nl west we know it might not end up that way but a lot of these teams that are in first place after the first month of the season at least half of them i think end up going on and making the postseason so It'll be interesting for, again, It it we know what it means for the Rockies, but for the Giants, it can mean that much more where they might fall one game short of maybe winning the West or even making the postseason. We'll go back and look and say, wow, those two games over the course of 24 hours on, on Tuesday and Wednesday against the Rockies and, and Blackman's walk-off and, and the big burst in the ninth inning the next night, it, it's unbelievable. It, yeah, it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, and, and and as people that follow the Rockies and pull for pull for the Rockies, um, if you're on the other side of that, that one is the old kick in the gut yeah. because yeah, that's rough. You probably felt at that point, if you're a Giants fan, you're like, we could throw anybody right now, and we're going to get three outs and be able to shake hands and celebrate because the Rockies don't look very good tonight, and they haven't looked very good against the Giants. Period. All year. At that point, they would lost right. six of seven when they were staring down the four-run deficit with two outs in the seventh inning. Well, I have to get used to saying seventh inning there, by the way. Uh, yeah.
0: I know. I know. That one's throwing me off. And I, and I couldn't help the irony of it either, the, the fact that, you know, and I, I try to make a big deal about, you know, the hangover effect and the research I've done. And when the Rockies go to California straight to these places like San Francisco, San Diego, no day in between, anything like that it takes a while for the offense to get going. It's the polar opposite environment. And then I think it's really funny. Then you see those guys go straight from California, see all these really pretty ERAs, Goody, when they're pitching in San Diego, San Francisco, LA, staying in the same states, not going any time zones. And then they come out here and all of a sudden those ERAs go up a little bit. The stuff happens and, you know, they may want to blame the ballpark a little bit one way or the other. We know the people out there doing it, but it's like it's funny that you think it only goes the one direction because look, man, You got to go to the polar opposite environment and you got to compete under the same situation as everybody else there as well. So, uh, you know, Gabe Kapler had some funny comments about (laughs) some of this stuff, but I I just it it always um, I'll say I'll use this phrase. It tickles me uh, when people want to deny some of the Rockies offensive struggles on the road and the reality of going to the polar opposite environment. And then you see some of these guys who've been pitching in very comfortable environments come out here. It starts to slip away from you a little bit, and boom, there goes the game. That's like our twelfth boom, I think. By the way, we've been John Madden's presence is lingering heavily over this. Body.
1: I'm glad because I miss Madden, man. Yeah. I'm doing games on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, uh,
0: but what do you, what do you make of that dynamic when you see how the team has to do that? And we'll, we'll let you go on this one. Um, and and you know, then as you said earlier, we see these games do happen a little bit more often at Coors Field. Wild comebacks can happen in baseball anywhere. That's the great thing about a game with no clock. But, you know, that's part of dealing with it. And so I think it's funny when people are like, ah, Coors Field, but they don't see that opposite.
1: Drew, we, I'm, you know, people probably tired of me getting on my soapbox on on television about it. It's do your homework nationally. When people suggest, well, you know, Trevor Story's a nice player, but look at his splits. Nolan Arenado's a nice player, look at his splits. You know, Charlie Blackman's a nice player, look at his splits. Matt Holliday, nice player, look at his splits. Well, then what happens? Guys like that. Um, obviously, one of the guys I mentioned, had you know, a couple of those guys haven't haven't left Colorado, but they all do just fine. Good is good. Great is great. And when you witness um, when you witness what uh, we have over the years and you know that it's real when they go to parks, immediately after leaving altitude, it's an adjustment with ball movement. It's adjustment adjustment with, with body. Uh, There's empirical evidence of that. And beyond that, just ask the players. I mean, talk to the players and then go look at what Matt holiday did after look at where, where Nolan is Is hitting on the road. Is he, is he still a really good player? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that to me, that's just not, that's a lazy approach and, it, and it's also lazy um, to perpetuate that myth. And coupled with what you bring up, Drew, is, and you touched on, on this, is it's not just leaving altitude and, say, going to Cleveland or, or whatever, it's leaving and going to pitcher havens, Dodger Stadium, San Francisco. Petco's become a little more um, offensive friendly since they move fences, same thing a little bit with San Francisco. But if you're a pitcher and you say, hey, where where can you achieve the lowest ERA? Um, you know, give me three parts. Well, three of the top, you know, four or five that are going to be mentioned are the three in the National League West outside of Arizona that, that everyone has to visit. And for the Rockies, you know, they have to go out there. It's going to be somewhere between you know 29 30 31 times depending on you know 10 here 9 there and you know it switches every year that's that's a fifth of their schedule and every time they go there or most every time it's having recently or immediately having left altitude that's tough and that affects everyone and everyone's splits i mean it'd be tough enough if they were going as i said you know, to a, you know, maybe, maybe it's a, give me a hitter, you know, if, even if they were going to Cincinnati and great American ballpark, it still would affect them. But now they're going to places that are hard to score on man or score in Yeah, two of those three parts. So you guys, you guys know, you've been there. It's like the heavy Marine air comes in at night. It,
2: yeah. Reverse altitude. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, So and, and final thing, real quick, because I know you gotta yeah. get going. Uh, it was good, great is great. Nolan Arenado has done pretty well making that transition. We're gonna see Colorado. We're gonna see the Rockies going against the Cardinals this weekend. How you we thought about how weird it's gonna be calling that game and writing Arenado's name on the the other side of your scorebook?
1: I think we, we, as a crew, um, and I was talking to one of our producers about this last night, and how we wanted to, you know, handle Game One. A lot of times we do. Um, what's known as a tease, which which you guys know, um, being in the in the business, and it's kind of you know, before you even show anything, the first thing people see are you know the voiceover and highlights and 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 maybe a musical um, medley of of a, of a guy and you're and you're telling a story. You know, think think of uh, you know leading into the final Sunday, the Masters and Tigers. You know, it's near the top of the leaderboard, it's going to be a Tiger tease, and then you'll hear, you know, Jim Nance, and and he'll welcome you in and that sort of thing. So we're we're talking about a tease for Friday night's ball game, uh, in St. Louis, and and we're thinking a lot about this. And what we basically came up with because it's it's a little it's awkward, isn't it? I mean, it's a very controversial yeah. trade, uh, very unpopular trade, um, and. So for those reasons, you know, being the, you know, broadcast home of the Rockies, it, it's how, how do you characterize it? But I, I think what we came up with is this series is really more about Nolan and how he performs against the Rockies. And it, it's only, you know, human nature. I'm sure he's going to have even more butterflies than he normally would. And he's going to really be motivated naturally to, to do well. Um, not that he isn't on a daily basis, but, but we all understand that. And then when he comes back to Denver later in the year, it's then more about the fans in Colorado and their reaction to him. And, 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 you know, probably their celebration, um, when he takes the field and probably then there can be more fans in the stands. Who knows? Hopefully at that point in time, there could be, you know, 50,000 if, um, you know, if that many people uh, come out. So I kind of look at it uh, as, as this one is about Nolan. And the next one is kind of where the hometown fans have an opportunity to react uh, to his presence in a Cardinal uniform. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be strange. There's no there's no denying that.
2: Very yeah. strange. Well, very strange indeed. I think that's that could describe this entire entire weekend for sure. it's going to be a
0: wild one. We're definitely going to have our eyes glued to the TV for that one. And we'll have our ears glued to your podcast. You know, we've got Katie Wu coming on tomorrow to do more preview of the Cardinals series. We're going to dive deep into that. Uh, And we we've double dipped. We also have John gray on the show. So if you, you you John gray fans, if you can't get enough, you got to go and listen to the drew Goodman podcast, lots of great stuff there. We're going to goof off with him on uh, we'll play that for you on Sunday on the series wrap. Uh, we've got that for you, but it should be uh, you know, we've been talking about all year. It's been an entertaining season. It's been, and, and there's no way this series is going to be boring.
1: <laughs> um, no, this, this series, I would, I would think will be interesting and, and, and kind of a sidebar is Gomber's Gomber. coming up in St. Louis, right? Right.
2: Yeah. Like oh, he's got man. something to prove too.
1: Yeah. He's got so. something to prove. You kidding me? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It's, you couldn't
0: ride it any better. It's like the right. baseball gods. know.
1: Yeah. That's why, that's why, again, I, I know I'm being redundant here. It's why we love sports. We, we never thought what happened Tuesday night late was coming. And even for a team that, that has not been very good record wise so far, there are stories and there are moments and, uh, there there's things that you know are intriguing. I mean look at the Yankees now, right? They've won 5 in a row. A week ago it was doom <laughs> and gloom and and yeah, fire
2: everybody, cut everybody, trade everybody.
1: everyone. Right.
0: Oh, man. Well, we're going to keep having baseball. fun. We're going to keep watching Rockies baseball. We're going to keep enjoying those moments in between and those individual performances and all the fun stuff that's happened. Even the proverbial Tapia hitting a grand slam in a game you know you're not going to win. <laughs> it's like that, that's what it's about, right? That's, that's what we're enjoying, having those moments. So thank you so much, Goody, for hanging out with us each week. We really appreciate you sharing your insights and your stories and all that stuff with us. As we said, you're probably listening to this on a podcast app right now, which means it's very easy just to go over, download the Drew Goodman podcast, give it a listen. John Gray on this week. Fantastic guests all the time on there. You know where to find all the stuff on ATT Sportsnet watching the game. We know you're all watching this weekend. Uh, gonna be glued to that thing. So, as we said before, make sure you're subscribing to the dnvr.com. You're following everybody on social media at Drew Kreisman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Goodman 42, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and at Michaela E. Perkins. Make sure you're following her as well. We appreciate each and every one of you for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and the Drews, Creaseman, and Goodman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.